So welcome to a funny story about money. I'm super excited about my second guest. He's actually one half of my favorite pair of entrepreneurs in Edmonton. He's a good friend of mine and just I love the story of what they're doing and what they've created so far. Um, I don't even know what to say what he's into because they're into so much stuff but uh, the two main things uh, I would suggest is he's one of the co-founders of Oilers Nation and he's also a owner of pretty much every oodle noodle in the world. I think he'll let, he'll let us know. Welcome Jay Downton to the show. Thanks for having me, Kent. Oh, thanks for coming. This is exciting. <clears throat> I'm excited to have you. I, uh, I wasn't very prepared for this because I'm sort of just like interested i know we've been friends for a long time and i've watched your story but i don't actually know like the details so i was just hoping you would basically just like sort of tell us how it all happened as much as you can remember and actually want to share <laughs> oh wow um <clears throat> well good thing i like to talk uh so let's start from the beginning well i mean i guess first what are what are your businesses? What are the what okay, are yeah. what are your businesses? And then we'll start from the beginning. Yeah, believe it or not, we're trying to like narrow down and define make you know make less lanes that we swim in. Um, but uh, yeah, as as Kent mentioned, uh, co-founder of OilersNation dot com uh, slash the Nation Network, uh, which is a sixteen site online. Uh, sports media community lifestyle brand that we we launched here in Edmonton and scaled out to two other markets uh, some I guess some background where it is today is you were 11 years into operation we're now a network of about 550 million annual page views what an online community <laughs> of about 5 million people give or take depending on the month uh, oh, yeah, so it's kind of, so now we're trying to figure out how to monetize this thing and kind of take it to the level we think we can take it to. Right. Um, and then Oodle Noodle, uh, the, so I'm, I'm the president of the, the franchise corporation. Um, and I do own a few so stores still. Um, so we are now a 12 store, uh, franchise concept that started in Edmonton by our founder, Sunny Pham. Uh, with his White Ave location in 2005, he uh, brought us on in 2010 to uh, create a system around his brain and franchise the the lightning in a bottle that he created with the with the White Ave store. So now we've now taken it to 12 stores with two more going to go under construction uh, this summer. So we'll be 14 stores with probably a few more to plug into the Edmonton and area market until we say it's uh, we're done and then we'll right. start marching down highway two to red deer in calgary uh and then kind of these two proud projects that we're working to kind of lead up to like our ultimate passion project which is uh the river valley company uh river valley company is pretty self-explanatory uh we're a company that operates in edmonton's river valley but our mission is to build amenities and develop real estate in the river valley um, to help draw more uh, Edmontonians to River Valley because right now we're pretty limited to what we can do there. We can go for a beautiful walk. It's right. nice. Yeah, for sure. Go for a run. That's nice. But there's a shelf life to that. You can only run for so long or walk for so long. So now, you know, we want to 
you know, come down and have a coffee, come down and have a sandwich, come down and have a beer, um, come stay in the river Valley, you know, and stay in a bed and breakfast. So we want to build all these export ready, uh, amenities in the river Valley to support Edmontonians to come down and stay, but also to attract people to Edmonton to come and stay and check it out. It's, uh, you know, it's our most beautiful asset that we have. And I know that our tourism authorities are out there marketing it as such. So we want to make sure that we're, uh, providing, uh, a more of an experience. Right. Well, and that's awesome. And that's actually my favorite part of what you guys do is, is like taking Oilers nation and then turning it into this thing where, so yeah, I mean, I guess what, uh, you didn't mention was that little brick is part of that. That's where. Oh, how can I forget? Jeez. Offices, which is such a cool little cafe spot down in the River Valley, and and uh, and that was your first one. That's where Nation Headquarters is. I need to jump in there. Sorry, okay. I can't believe I didn't even mention that. Right. Um, <laughs> little brick was the litmus test for River Valley Company. Uh, we found this house uh, that was built in 1903 found that it had a very unique history to Edmonton. Uh, so we made a play to buy the house and turn it. Initially, we wanted to build an, uh, a cafe down there, but we're going to put our offices in there so because we, we can afford to pay the rent. Right. Uh, and then partnered up with a cool cafe creative uh, dude to open up the cafe as our first business to say, if we build an amenity down here or a cafe, will people come? Right. Uh, so that's worked and that's been kind of the, the kick in the ass to do more development in, in the River Valley. So we've now started on a, a second project, which I can allude to down the road. But yeah, big miss by me. Jeez. Right. <laughs> I love Little Brick. Yo, it's so cool. If you haven't been there, look it up. They're doing some rentals. That's why we're not there right now. I was hoping that we could uh, have a beer there and, and go. And, but whatever, it's raining now, so... Mm -hmm. Best patio in the city, I think, though. On Route Magazine uh, featured us and uh, said it was the, a patio to come check out if you're going to Edmonton. So for us, that kind of is really supports our thesis of if you build cool amenities there, can you? Uh, you know, we want to we want to add to the tourism economy of Edmonton. And so On Route Magazine, which is a cool publication, has picked up on that and has promoted it as such. So. For us, that was uh, that was super cool to uh, to see and uh, be you know get the notoriety for it. Yeah, well, that's awesome. And I mean, I, I see you and stuff all the time. Now you're like famous. You're, <laughs> and then your partner, and we'll kind of talk about him <laughs> every once in a while. I don't know if we're allowed to name him, so he's weird for me. <laughs> but uh, um, well, that's unbelievable. I mean, so that's so cool. That's why I'm so proud of you guys. I know where it started. At, so that's where you are now. I, at the end, I kind of want to talk to you about, you know, what are you, what's the next project? Because I know what that is. And then some maybe hopes for future ones. But now I want to go back to the beginning. Like, how did this happen after we got out of high school and and we were partying and what the hell happened? <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we, we enjoyed partying too, so we found a way to build a business around that lifestyle at the time because, <laughs> you know, you've got the energy and the ability to go out two nights a week uh, and not feel crappy for it and still, you know, work right. full time and still golf and still play hockey and just full of energy. 
Uh, so yeah, for us, it all started uh, with, and this is before they were even really a big thing, uh, was pub crawls. Uh, we, you know, we were fortunate to have a very cool network of friends growing up and we all hung out together and we thought, yeah, let's, let's try to build a business around the lifestyle of going out. So, you know, we rented a bus, talked to bar saying we're going to show up on a Friday with 50 people. What can you do for us? Uh, you know, created a, a value proposition and kind of started working the landlines, I think at the time, right. <laughs> calling people and, and trying to see if we can fill the, fill a bus and charge 15 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever it was at the time to, to have people come aboard. And that, that was a time when there was cover charge to go into bars. So we we're getting free cover and free drinks because we we're bringing a big crew with us. No lines, and no lines. And, and so the, the value was there. So, you know, we did it the first time we were able to fill our first bus and, had a huge blast doing it and then started doing it with kind of more frequency and and then also you know more buses and it was a hilarious business that uh, we created that kind of funded our lifestyle at the time but also helped us pay for school right uh, it you know at that time I thought you know it was a crazy lucrative gig uh, <laughs> but you know it, it, it like paid how the, much money were you make oh, yeah you'd make like if, if it was a, if it was like a two to three bus like sometimes you're making you know seven hundred twelve hundred dollars you're left in your pocket nice. you wake up the next morning you put your hand in your pants you're like holy crap and like okay well that can you know I, now I can pay off my student line of credit for the next two months and right. you know go back to scratch or pay my tuition at the time or whatever whatever expenses that big expenses we had at that time in our lives. And, um, that's kind of where it all began. And that's, that's where I met my, my, my business partner. Uh, I, I don't know how we're going to call him. Uh, we'll say Clark, right. uh, who is his, what's, which is his government name. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was kind of the, the beginning of the partnership there. And then, uh, Clark went off and, and into a business venture himself that did very well in the, in the bar space and came to me and we partnered up to do a bar, uh, called Blue Chicago, which was a blues bar, even though none of us knew anything about blues or live music venues. Uh, we thought we would start with, with something that we thought was a safe concept that wasn't going to have any drama, you know, any riffraff, <laughs> right. yeah, anything like that. that. We wanted to appeal to a different clientele uh, and just have something that was going to be kind of low stress. Um, but once again, not knowing anything about live music bars or blues music or people who go to watch blues bands play, right. uh, you know, we quickly identified that this was not a passion of ours cause I didn't know how to sell it. I didn't know who, you know, Gary Bowman and the red ants were, I don't know what, you know, like right. we, we, we would hire them and, uh, they, people would show up and, you know, we quickly found out that these people weren't consuming too much product, no, oh, yeah. not, not, not drinking a lot of beer, not eating too much. So we we're figuring out quickly that, you know, this was not the angle for us to go. Um, and then pivoted and turned it into, you know, what we did kind of feel comfortable about, which was more of like on the sports bar side, but all this, during all this transition, we had the year long hockey strike. Right. So we're a sports bar without sports. Uh, so we're always trying to scramble and hustle to try to find ways to keep the bar busy. But, uh, you know, we opened in, in, in about 20 months, 22 months later, shut the doors uh, and kind of 
chalk that up to being our MBA in business right? Uh, and kind of learned <laughs> what, what it, what our next venture was going to be in terms of what we had to, we, we quickly knew uh, that it's only going to work if we really believe or are passionate about what it is we're doing. Uh, so uh, when we went back to the drawing board, we kind of just did like a core value assessment of things that we loved and kind of all roads led to, wanted to do something in the in the hockey space um, and then online because that was the new like blogs and websites right. and like Twitter was just you know up and coming at that time so we knew that there was the it was still the wild wild west there so we thought if we did something we were passionate about online that we could maybe make something of it and the mission uh, when we launched or this nation and this is in we launched in November 2007 um, was uh, we wanted something that can make our car payments, pay for our golf memberships, and get a season ticket. So that was like the business plan. That's where it ended. We get it there. It was successful. Well, that's pretty successful for an online business, generally, like a blogging. Like that is successful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, re- any any sort of revenue in a blog at that time was considered successful. Totally. Um, and I think that's where we were kind of... Uh, different than the others because we had that hustle on the business side uh, mm-hmm. that we applied to and to this and, and the brand building passion to you know build uh Oilers nation at the time you know we we had that because we were our own audience you know we weren't a blues bar right. trying to attract blues fans <clears throat> i didn't even don't realize know. That you guys wanted Blue Chicago to be a blues bar. I just thought it was like the name that Clark was like. I went to Chicago and then I liked the name. I can't remember. We were playing poker. He told me yeah. how he came up with the name. I didn't know. I was just like, thought you guys were building a bar that we people were just supposed to drink at. Yeah. And we went there all the time and yeah. did. Thank you. But. Uh, um, it, until it got scary. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I just want to interject with the story because I forgot about that it was you guys doing the pub crawls all the time. But my first guest was Sean last week, and uh, Jay pulled pulled together the greatest sort of stag pub crawl ever because we were supposed to go camping for a stag, remember? And then. He, we had to cancel because it snowed like the day before. And I was like, Jay, can you pull together a pub crawl for Lavin and Stag? And he did. It was perfect. And then it ended up being all these like randoms we used to see on pub crawls all the time before. <laughs> like they all kind of came out of the woodworks. And I was like, this is amazing. Oh, like, yeah. It was <laughs> so fun. Yeah, yeah, that was good to see. That was, uh, yeah, so. Oh, and then that was a. Uh, we need to do one more pub crawl as like 40 year olds. It'll be so ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just reunite the band, see who comes out. It'd be like a high school reunion of some variety. Right. Except, or, we, and we did a day crawl one time. We did like a morning one. That was really funny too. Yeah, like an 8 a.m. pub No, obviously a 10 a.m. pub crawl because so we wait for the bars to open. But we started at six. At six, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was yeah. That was good times. Time. Sorry, I get it. <laughs> we digress. Right. Uh, okay, so we're at sort of the birth of Oilers Nation, the death of the death of Blue Chicago. Yeah. Blue. When Blue Chicago closed, I was like, 
after because it's it's an emotional it's an emotional experience you just lost like am i that you know like to me all the money in the world yeah um, and i was like shit i'm like well i shot my shot didn't work um and kind of went like i went back to banking which was was fine because I, I already was uh when blue chicago was open i was i went back to the bank just uh, and still so i was working at the bank during the day and then oh shutting down the bar at night because right. um, I just didn't want to put any financial onus on the bar to pay me. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was juggling and, uh, yeah, when we shut it down, it was, it was like an emotional, uh, experience and kind of just kind of going through the cycles. I'm like, okay, hey, well that was my chance and it didn't work. So just back to work and just kind of, that's the way she's going to go. And that right. was like kind of the first thing, like you're a failure and then kind of, you know, time kind of elapses and you kind of just do some reflection you're like well no you're not a failure you need to learn from your failure and kind of what were the what were the reasons um that you failed and it's 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 not anyone else's fault it is your fault obviously and just like being like okay like what did you do good where were you weak you know what do you need to change or what do you need to learn and really like what is it you know what is it you're good at because that's Mm -hmm. where you want to be all in right so um, instead of trying to pursue something that you're not, because uh, that's going to fail fast. So, like I said, like six months elapsed, and then you know Clark and I kind of got back together. I'm just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna do something again. And what is it going to be? And like I said, we we went and kind of aligned to what our core values were at the time. And you know we we're still 25, 26, and we were kind of plotting uh, this course for the next venture. And like I said, all roads kind of led to hockey. And from there, you know, Edmonton hockey, um, and then building out, you know, we thought we could build out like a lifestyle around being a hockey fan. And so that's why we launched Oilers Nation because it was a, it was a, it, it was a blog, I guess you call it, or now it's a media outlet, um, for the fans, right? by the fans, um, you know, so we were fans creating content. So, um, you know, when this kind of was all kind of formulating and we're plotting how we're going to do it and trying to find other partners for content because we didn't know how to write. Um, Ryan Smith got traded uh, and that was like February 2007, uh, the traded line. So while we were kind of plotting on what we want to do for this nation, this happened. So when that happened, we created a protest site called Bring Ryan Home. Uh, and we created t-shirts, which was like Smitty on a, uh, a missing person ad on a milk carton, uh, with Smitty's face and details and whatnot. And we got like 75 shirts made. We got a store to carry them. And then we just like made a bunch of noise. We had posters or up and down white Ave, postering, flyering white right. Ave, uh, about it. And in three weeks, that site got 30,000 visitors. And we're like, holy shit, there really? is this many people online consuming sports content. That's crazy. Like that was, so that for us was like the litmus test and the kick in the ass to like, okay, well, let's put together our pennies and let's build out Oilers Nation. Right. Um, so you, so my timing's up. So you guys knew you wanted to do Oilers Nation before Ryan Smith got traded? We, we were, we were, we were plotting it. We didn't know what it was going to be called, oh, but like, okay. we're like, we're doing something hockey online. And then in, in the meantime, Smitty got traded and we're like, so then, and, and like the site was busy and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like, 
okay, I'm gonna try to see if I can get sponsors for this. And like, we have, you know, we had 10,000 visitors in the first five days. Like, right. this is worth something to someone. Uh, and like a few people were like, I like what you're doing. Come back and talk to me when you kind of see this through. Right. Um, yeah, because that's a one. Yeah. Hit, right? Yeah. It's very, there's a there's a definitive shelf life on that. <laughs> uh, so like that was the kick in the ass. Like okay, well like you know like building a website, especially like development building a website back then was like it wasn't cheap. Yeah. Right. So like we had to pool our, our pennies together and you know, uh, but this was the this was the kick in the ass to be like hey, there's people out there, so mm-hmm. you go do this because you'll this this could work. You know, because right. if, if you've got people's attention, then you can attract marketing dollars or create some merchandising or whatever it is. So this was the motivation to like, actually, okay, we're going to do this. So we start building it. Then we start engaging with like the, like, this was a time like there was like 10 others blocks at the time. We reached out to all of them talking about, hey, let's collaborate. We're going to be this. You know, we find, we had our name at the time, then sorted. And they all just like, I, if they either didn't respond or told us to pound sand. Right. Um, and we're like, okay, well, we're going to have to learn quickly how to, uh, how to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, one of our, our, our partners that we brought in as a, a founding partner at the time, Adam Rosenhart, he was the, uh, the editor-in-chief at The Gateway, which is the uh, student newspaper at the U of A. And because uh, we needed to bring someone who actually knew how to write an article. Um, but he didn't really like hockey. So we're like, hey, this is the vision. This is what we want to do. Help us. Or comedy. And I'll get into that. In oh, a second. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so we launched the site. Uh, you know, everyone committed except for myself because I wasn't a writer. I was a ranter, so I was our uh, most aggressive commenter. Agreed to write an article a day for the first year, and then what we did is on game days, the three of us would get on our computers and we would have like nine different aliases, and then we would just flood the game day articles with comments of the game. Uh, you know, just to create that illusion of traffic. So once someone eventually did show up, you're like, whoa, hey, like there's a hundred comments on this thread. Like this is where everyone's at. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we knew who everyone was because it was us. And all of a sudden, like a new name would appear like, whoa, who's this? Like we got got, got a real person here. Like (laughs) what do we do now? Uh, But, you know, we just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. In the meantime, going to, you know, the market, if you will, and trying to find sponsors, but also trying to find like actually people who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through these, you know, through that kind of push for that, you know, we're able to smoke out partnerships with like Jason Greger and like Robin Brownlee. And all of a sudden, like we had credibility because we had these like mainstream media guys because like we were committed. So we were putting money into this regardless. Like, so we were going to fund and get all this talent. We were like the first blog that started paying people to write. Right. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they were talking on air about their article on our site, all of a sudden we went from something that was like 200 page views a month mm-hmm. to like 50,000 or like, holy cow, this is crazy. Right. Um, and then just kind of pounding that. And then, you know, we started found, uh, finding our voices uh, as well in terms of creating that fan content. Because, you know, we report on the team, but also like we want to we want to be entertained, entertained to the fans because that's what we what we want to see as fans. Right. So we started building up that kind of lifestyle content and that humor and edginess on top of having analytics and having pro you know mainstream media content on the site and kind of all this kind of just started percolating and kind of blowing up to be like a pretty busy site. So Oilers Nation was getting to like 
300,000 pages, 500,000 pages a month. We're now like, hey, well, I think we have a company here. Let's right. now scale it out. Let's launch a Flames Nation, you know, a Canucks Army, and start kind of like building it out. And, uh, you know, we haven't kind of looked back. So now, you know, we've knitted together this big network. So now we're trying to find ways to monetize because we've got all this attention. Yeah. So that's attractive to certain brand partners. So now like there's the business development side and the strategy side to, to growing the company. So that's where kind of I live in now is, uh, I still rant. I'm on our podcast, um, which is now a big play for us audio as, as we're doing right now, right. we view audio to be very powerful and important. Um, what so, about video with those outsider guys? <laughs> <laughs> they, they were hey love the love the outsiders would love to try to find a way to make that work uh but video content's very good too um that's where we're probably our weakest at the moment but uh you eat free donairs though yeah that, it's funny the donair reviews actually do pretty well for uh for views and engagement it's funny how donairs are just such a such a territorial thing in edmonton like people will kill or die for their shop right uh because theirs is better than yours uh it's such a funny topic and you know we just threw out donair reviews just for fun for summer content and like these things are getting 10 15 20 000 views across all our channels so we're trying to find a way to we're going to repurpose it and relaunch the nice. donair reviews uh it's like donair dates and oh, like yeah. and just have a do an interview while having a donair um, with guests and stuff because that's right. going to be the oh, real powerful piece. Right. Yeah, uh, people have seen you get some like cool people on there, and then yeah, yeah, like it's seeing me every time and and, and Cam, our other guy, uh, rating and ranking the donair in the same format. Like I guess it's good for consistency, but like it can get stale pretty fast. Sure. So we want to yeah. spice it up and have funny conversations while eating this giant delicious tube of of meat. Meat, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'll go in, I guess, but this story doesn't matter that much. In the very beginning, this was before I was a comedian and that, and I talked to Clark and I was like, I'll write some stuff for you. And like, it was a joke site at the beginning before you had like real, like actual reporters that had like hockey inside information. It was like, let's make people laugh. Mm -hmm. And so... I wrote a few things and was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then Adam edited out all of my jokes and put my name on it. And like, and I was like, I just can't write again because <laughs> he took out all of the stuff that I thought was funny. And he wrote me back and was like, you're not funny. And I wasn't <laughs> a comedian yet, so I couldn't be like, well, I think I'm pretty funny. But like, who knows? So I was so mad that I just like never wrote again for... And it would have been fun. I would have loved it because, like, you know, I love the others. Just like there's a few of us that are like, we are diehard Oiler fans, yeah. and I'm one of them. So, um, anyways, made me laugh that I wasn't funny enough to write for the site back in the day. Oh, you most definitely are now. Uh, I think we had a, a very professional, traditional editor in place at the time right um but uh well and like i said we were sold well and we I, didn't know read, what we were at that time, at that point but we were trying i read some of the stuff clark wrote yeah and now i know why so we used to play poker every thursday and clark would sit there and if he had to deal 
he would be on his phone for like 45 minutes before he would deal. Oh, yeah, that was the and, worst. Uh, <laughs> so he was just commenting on, and that's when he got into the Twitter game. So it was like... Uh, yeah, he was leading the charge for us on Twitter, so he was just glued to it. So, yeah, it was... <laughs> you never saw that guy for with his head up for like three years. No, and I mean, when I thought of this podcast, because that was why I did it, because I was on your guys' podcast like a year and a half ago and talked about K4 for 20 minutes with Clark and actually ended up getting like five or six clients from it, which was awesome for like, you know, so I thought, well, why not talk to other business owners about what they do? I love the story. So anyways, we'll get back to you. (laughs) Yes, it's all about me. Well, today it is. (laughs) Today it is. Um, So, Oilers Nation, now you're doing doing well. You're getting tons of hits. You're professional. You're, like, real. But are you making money yet? Uh, Yes. We're just... So, it's been... It's been a wild ride because we are so focused on growth. Um, it was always about acquisition, uh, buying new sites that had traffic, um, and you know, big social following, and also investing in talent because content is what's always drove our traffic, and traffic is what drives revenue, whether it be from like Google uh, ad networks or direct brand deals that we do. Um, traffic was very important. So we wanted to go and acquire as much of that as possible. So we took on investment. Um, so with with the plan of we're going to do all these acquisitions, we're going to run at a loss for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to hit a point where we're going to get start kind of harvesting uh, and start making money. Uh, because, you know, we put in money, our investors put in money. Um, so there's a, there's a time where you have to start uh, proving the concept financially. So we've been working on that. Uh, so we've we've just kind of flipped in that mode in the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing, you know, we've had some really good months. We still have some uh, seasonality to the business uh, from a revenue side that we were tackling, and that's always summer. Um, you know, we still have lots of uh, attention and traffic during those times, but it's just the optics of not being in season. Right. So we're we're working on ways to combat that. But yeah, no, it's. Um, so it's 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 in this year, and it was by design because we're always focusing on growth. We could have, if we wanted to, we could have just started with the one with Oilers Nation and lived a very comfortable life just on that site and what we, how we've been able to monetize it. But it's the fact that we want to try to build a bigger network that hopefully one day maybe there's an exit event we sell it to a media company, right? Um, which is the mission. Uh, so now we want to show that this can be a profitable entity because that makes it even more attractive. Mm-hmm. Someone wants to buy a company that's making money. So now that we're kind of now aiming to go that route, now that we've built you know a big audience, um, we're, we're 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 now looking like an actual profitable company. Right. Well, and are you guys like you guys have to be one of the bigger Edmonton-based? clothing brands no yeah yeah it's uh so clothing's been very interesting so we so as we kind of grew up the grew the edmonton brand and the uh and the following of it we never had clothing and then we launched hoodies we the lowest basic hoodies 
you know, it was a, a zip up hoodie with our logo on the back, right? Very generic, but like we didn't like realize how much demand we had for clothing until we did something like that. We, right. we sold like 300 hoodies in a day. And we're like, holy shit, like that's like right. we're, we're seeing the dollars that are attached to that. We're like, holy cow, that's crazy. That's, mm-hmm. that's like landing two advertisers for 12 months, uh, you know, in three days. And there was a pent up demand for it. Uh, so we launched and kind of started we're like, okay, well, you know, let's launch a hat and see how it goes. And we launched a hat and we sold, literally we sold a thousand hats in one summer. Nice. Like, holy cow, this is crazy. Um, so then we started expanding out, expanding out, applying resources to it. And we're building up the business a lot. We're doing pop-ups like crazy and, um, you know, game day events to, to sell gear. We're, we're just, it, we, we put so much emphasis and actually turned in, in terms of a top line revenue, a very important segment for us. But then we actually did like a cost analysis. We're like, holy cow, like we're taxing the resources of the company to make this happen. Like we've got our content team that'd be upstairs um, writing articles, which is the, 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 the community building stuff, the traffic building stuff, stuck in the basement shipping orders. Oh, right. So it was really disruptive um, to the internal operations of the company, but also, but for the brand, it's very important, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for the lifestyle piece. So we're trying to find a way to kind of juggle those two. Uh, So we, uh, about 18 months ago, implemented like an on-demand strategy, which, you know, got us out of taking on inventory, taking uh, off of uh, the requirement to ship and fulfill the orders and kind of offload it to our partner. But we've kind of uncovered that that model isn't necessarily a fit because our we've actually, our clothing business has gone down a bit. And the reason is, is because our turnaround now in the on-demand world is much longer. Hmm. So we've lost kind of like the the trust of our, of, of, of our audience. So we're actually retooling right now, rebooting, because clothing is very important to us. And we right. know that where we can take it as a revenue component, but we want to try to make it to be a, on its own, a non-disruptive, profitable uh, business unit within the company. Right. So we're retooling it right now because mm. we have to go back and earn the confidence of our consumers um, and have a proper and, 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 and just have proper uh, attention to the, the clothing brand that we've built because you need to be promoting our, you need to be promoting, pushing content through social. It needs to have a rhythm that's got like a, a certain like a high level of effort behind it not like mm-hmm. this like in spurts like how we used to do it so it's an interesting thing for us we view it as a very important piece of business but we've kind of watched it you know ride, ride the roller coaster of like it going up and it going down and like trying to uncover the why because it's something we know we can go and sell mm-hmm. it's just we have to make sure behind the scenes the infrastructure is there to be able to do it and deliver it on so our customers are happy so Clothing's been very good for us, but it's also been a very interesting learning experience for us. So we're trying to not make it a distraction because once again, going back to like the bar, like we only we want to stay in the areas of our core competency. So getting a design done and marketing design, we're very good at. It's everything else in between that we fucking (laughs) suck at, but we're going to bring in, but we've identified that now. So we're going to bring in and address that. So we're going to re- really retool it and ramp it up this season. So we're super excited. So I'm excited that you, um, I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up because like I'm willing to, like I'm happy to share the warts of the business and, right. the, and the areas of opportunity. And like, you know, because something 
worked good, but like when you did a P&L on that business unit alone, you're actually like, well, this isn't, we're wasting all of our time to make this on that much sales. Like, right. Like yeah, what's yeah. the real like cost mm-hmm. to the company for this? But like, it's, it's, it's good to kind of like sit and, and do those deep dives for us. It's been very important because if there's one thing we weren't, you know, when we started, it was very organized, but if we build up the team and whatnot and bring right. on smarter people that, that take that analytical view on things, it's been very important. It's really changed how we, how we do things and right. how we view the business behind the scenes. So for us, it's been a huge learning experience, but something we're going to be doubling back down on because there, there is a very captive market for it and it could be a very profitable uh, entity for us once we get the right infrastructure. So that's the, that's part of the summer plans for us. Oh, nice. Well, and that's a good time to do it because you're slower anyways, right? Yeah. So what, I guess, quick question, I mean, for Oilers fans, and we've talked about this before, but are you busy? The playoffs, was that good? Was that? <laughs> and is bad times, how does, that, how does the business do when the Oilers have been struggling? So we've had one year of playoffs since you started. Yeah, we're pros of how to operate the business in the tough times uh, <laughs> and finding the silver lining or finding ways to have fun when it really sucks. Um, you know, we do things like events, you know, we right. bring the community together. We keep, we just keep the engagement high. So like, we really don't know what playoffs look like. And when the playoffs came, like, we're just like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Like it was a lot of incremental revenue to the company yeah. uh, during that time for us because you know, it didn't matter what you did. It, you just, if you sold something, it was being bought. Right. Right. And we were hosting events for all the away games. Um, and we, well, didn't you go to every away game? We much? went to, uh, so when, when they did the two game stand away, we were there for those two games. We didn't go for the single game. So like the game six or five, depending on the series, um, so is that when you were wearing the Flames jersey? No, sorry. I'm just kidding. I've never worn a Flames jersey for the record. Uh, I just no. got caught giving someone knuckles when the Flames scored at a Vegas Golden Knights game. Or sorry, Golden Knights Flames game in Vegas this past March. But that's another story for another day. I'm right. an Oilers fan till I die. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no playoffs. Um, that was a very good exercise for us. So now we've got some learnings to know how to do things better in that time. But like, yeah, like site traffic's up. People want to work with us like crazy because they know like when everyone's in playoff mode, everyone's just looking for for that content. For sure. Right? They're just any it doesn't matter what it is. You could you could write the worst article in the world, it's gonna get heavily viewed. Like people are just starving and gobbling it up. So everyone's attention switches there. So that's a huge opportunity for for brand partnerships during that time and event partners and all that so it was a very interesting revenue time for us uh, and we thought we were going to continue to have that every a- april may for the next few years it seemed like we, <laughs> it seemed like the pieces were in place yeah yeah so but you know we we're, we're ready so like i said we've been in business without them really being in playoffs ever um and even with like a, a lot of the other canadian markets that we're in there hasn't been too much playoff action uh, for those other uh, cities as well. So we're just, uh, and then this year we had three teams get in. 
and they all lost in the first round. Right, which so was like, amazing. Like, if uh, Calgary and Toronto went out, it was awesome. Oh, uh, like, that's the thing you're cheering for, right? But, like, so, like, we're having internal meetings, and we're like, okay, like, so we're, we're, we're like, we, this is our chance to really grow our audience base, because this is when everyone's hungry. Yeah. So this is when we can show up on everyone's radar. So we're like, okay, nation team, we divide and conquer. Like, okay, you cover Toronto, you cover, you know, Winnipeg, you cover Calgary. And then our social guys are doing the same thing. And every, like, it was, they're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I have to do this, but they're doing it. And like, we have this like, you know, 10, 12 day period where we're just like, our traffic just grows like a hockey stick because we're pumping out content. Our social following is exploding, just similar to how we saw when Edmonton was in the playoffs and then quickly they were out. Like that was our big opportunity to like have a huge step change of growth in each of those markets. Right. Like we did have a little bit, but uh, yeah, that was taken away from all three teams. Like not one of them could have squeaked <laughs> through, right? So anyways, we're, we, uh, we know we got the, like once again, we learned uh, what's needed to do to get that attention. So we'll make sure that uh, when another team, hopefully the it's Edmonton goes in the deep run, we uh, fully maximize it. Well, yeah, so that must be difficult. So it's you guys from Edmonton sort of running every other city. Do you have anybody that works there? Like, do you have writers? Yep. Yeah, so we got, so our, so we'll say our head office team, because uh, we're based in Edmonton. It's about um, yeah, eight or nine people. Well, I should know. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's nine people. Uh, and then we have contract writers of 60, 70. It changes so much, right? Really? Um, so we have, so we have a lot of remote content producers for us. Um, so, you know, we like to have our site editors at least be in the market that they're, uh, associated with, um, because a lot of the content gets produced from people there so they can physically have face to faces and kind of build their teams that way. Um, so, you know, we've got a, a lot of, a lot of people in, in the network from a content production side, um, that are scattered across Canada. So, you know, it can be, um, a challenge to manage, um, but thankfully for Slack channels and all that stuff and, you know, the way, the power of, you know, the internet to be able to communicate so easily with everyone, we're still pretty connected with them. So. Sorry for the abrupt end. Thank you very much for listening to part one of uh, Jay's story. Listen to part two where he talks about uh, building Oodle Noodle and uh, the new River Valley project, which includes Little Brick House. Thanks very much for listening.